the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red flood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, a winner. It won't be this time. The stories. Brucott to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the See You at the Game website, and your host for the See You at the Game podcast. Perhaps the most anticipated spring game in CU history, and certainly the most well-attended, will represent the on-field debut of the Coach Prime era. Brad Geiger and Neil Langland join me for a unit-by-unit preview of the spring game, breaking down the roster by what we expect to see from each unit, and what we'd like to see from each unit. So, will Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, and Jimmy Horn produce ESPN SportsCenter-worthy highlights? Will there be any separation in the crowded wide receiver and running back rosters? Will the front seven of the CU defense pleasantly surprise or expose themselves to be a liability for the 2023 season? Will the defensive backs be able to handle CU's explosive receivers? Or will Buff fans long for the start of the Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean era at cornerback this fall? Let's find out. Okay. And we are back with Brad Geiger in Highlands Ranch. Good evening, Brad. It is a good evening. Just walk the dogs in a beautiful evening. Okay. And coming to us live from downtown Denver, Neil Langland. How's Neil doing today? I just four-wheel drifted my car into its parking space after a long day at Loveland Basin, ran up the stairs, and here I am ready to talk Buffs football. Yay. <laughs> well, as we know your priorities. You would have stayed up there longer, but we appreciate you coming down to uh, bless us with your presence for this, well, this semi-exciting to be discussion of the spring game. We've talked a little bit. I kind of prefaced it by we're going to break this down by units, what we expect to see and what we'd like to see out of the spring game, which may in some cases be the same thing, but might not be the same thing with the given unit. Uh, the spring game, as everyone knows, uh, certainly anybody listening to this podcast, is a sellout. 45,000 expected, along with the national audience on ESPN, with Chris Fowler, CU alum, there for the broadcast. So I guess uh, just a brief overview. You guys pretty excited about the, the spring game and the national attention that it's being brought upon the Boulder campus? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, it's a scrimmage in the end, but it is an exciting scrimmage. And it is just truly astonishing that we remain on this little, on this run of getting likely undeserved national attention. <laughs> Well, Vegas doesn't like us. We're the the line moved from uh, on TCU moved from seventeen and a half to twenty and a half. So apparently, we're doing something wrong in Vegas's eyes because we just lost a field goal. But uh, Neil, are you excited about? I mean, this I think is fair to say is the most anticipated spring game in CU history. Maybe not the most contentious. I mean, it used to be the varsity against the alumni. Mm-hmm. All the way until the early '80s, that it used to be the alumni would come back and play the the team for the spring game, and it became you know black and white or black and gold or silver and gold or whatever how they want to divide up the teams. But Neil, uh, maybe other than Salonessi's spring game in 1989, any other 
spring games anywhere close to this in terms of your attention? Guys, I've been going to spring games since the varsity alumni days. And I even knew some guys that played on both sides. And um, I have to say, I think I've seen most of those spring games since that time. And it's kind of nice to, after sitting on the sidelines at the dance for so long, to finally get out on the floor. This has got to be the biggest thing in CU football in the last 30 years, 25 years, let's say. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the spring game. So anyone that's listening to the podcast might have a better idea of what might to look for or what we're looking for anyway for the spring game. So what do we expect to see, Brad? from the quarterbacks and what would you like to see from the quarterbacks in the spring game? Well, this is not that hard. What we expect to see is a lot of Shadur Sanders, a lot of Shadur Sanders hooking up to uh, Travis Hunter and uh, Horn. Um, that's who we ex- what we expect to see. That's everything that we've been led to believe is what's going on. And we all need to see that. I mean, Shadur is the, the key to this entire improvement on the offense. And so what we expect to see, hopefully, is him showing the arm strength that we want, showing the accuracy that we want, being able to hit receivers deep. Remember that that's something you can do in football. CU fans <laughs> may have forgotten that. Is it is that, you know, receivers can actually pass? I thought a two-line pass. Pass. <laughs> two pass was still illegal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is no there's no actual offsides pass in college football. <laughs> and but, so but watch, you too, know, watch too much of the World Cup or something. You can go offsides yeah. by kicking it too far. Yeah, no, we we hope to see we hope to see an offense. We hope to see Shador run the offense well. We ex, or we expect to see him run it well. We expect to see him throw it deep. We expect him to find his favorite receivers. What we would hope to see in a perfect world is somebody else complete a pass. One or two. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think obviously we're going to have to have other quarterbacks play, and I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know that we're going to get a clear idea who the number two is. And again, a lot of us think the number two is not here yet. But what I would hope to see is something, anything from any kind of backup quarterback that makes us feel like that if Shadur gets hurt, that we might survive. Okay. Neil, anything that you'd expect to see or like to see on the quarterback front? Well, I sure think Brad raised a good point that we have to see a lot of Sanders. He's going to be in sort of the, the centerpiece of this offense, if not this team, at least for the first few games. And he needs to show all the things that Brad said, plus command of the offense, confidence, leadership, all those things. And I think he had that kid has it. And in terms of want, I'd like to see at least the quarterbacks we have on campus now, some of them be able to make some nice throws, a couple of nice throws to demonstrate that the cupboard is not completely bare there. And Brad's right. The number two is not on campus yet. And we're going to see that probably sometime over the summer. Yeah, well, I don't know if the number two is going to find that unicorn quarterback in the transfer portal. Uh, I won't have much to add on the quarterbacks because I think that's pretty safe on both ends. I wrote down, expect to see Shadur Sanders having full command of the offense, making more than a few spectacular passes and runs. He's going to be showcased. Um, They're going to want to show that he's a power five quarterback and Deion Sanders can make sure that happens. What I'd like to see, I wrote down, to see either of the other two quarterbacks show they can ably run the offense. We've got sophomore Drew Carter and true freshman Ryan Staub. Obviously, they're going to have to play because I don't think they're going to let – I mean, we used to do that when I was, you know, in the seventh grade. We'd have an all-time quarterback, you know, and have somebody that being there playing on offense all the time. But I don't think they're going to let Shadour play on both sides of the ball. So. We're going to see Ryan Staub. We're going to see Drew Carter. And hopefully they can show that they deserve to be the number two. There is one other thing that I hope and expect to see. 
And that is a bright red practice vest on Shadur Sanders. <laughs> it says, do not get close to this young man. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a spring game. They might let him run around. But yeah, I uh, there will be cringing if he gets tackled. Neil, moving on to the running backs, what do you expect to see out of the running back core? And what are you hoping to see out of the running backs? Well, uh, if I may put in a plug for See with the Game and the new banner for the videos, uh, I found those very useful. And you mentioned something about the dearth of information we've had over the last two decades. Amazing to see actual scrimmage footage. Unbelievable. And with regard to the quarterbacks, uh, just digressing for a moment, we saw a lot of the stuff, I think, that Brad and you mentioned that you'd like to see and expect to see out of Sanders. It's tremendous. Same thing with the running backs. It looks like the smaller running backs are getting through, making some nice long runs, some nice gains. Hard to tell who's who, but I'm going to guess that our new freshman, as well as Victor Venn, may have been featured in some of those highlights. I'd like to see both of the, I expect to see both of those guys did a lot of work. And I swear I saw Offerdahl on a long run, uh, <laughs> making some nice moves. So I, you're going to be able to see him, I think, because Coach Sanders seems to like him. Yeah, uh, Mr. April. What I, what, what I would like to see is some sense that we're able to rank the other running backs here for whether they're going to go or stay, get some sense of, you know, how many carries they get or don't get or their time in the game. And I think we're going to, uh, I'm going to want to see some indication of how they're held by the, uh, the coaching staff. Okay. Brad, any, anything to add on the expect or want to? I, what I really am looking forward to seeing is how we're going to get the ball to quick guys how much what the short passing game is going to look at, how the short quick, how passes in the flash are going to look, you know, what kind of design Sean Lewis has for getting the small, fast guys in the open. That didn't work in the past. And that's a scheme thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that scheme is going to look. Okay. Could Very I add something, something that I really want to see and also expect to see is, Brad, what you were saying, small, fast guys, we haven't had that around here for a long time, and it's going to be nice to see it. And I've mentioned Speedy Stewart in the past. We may have someone that's going to be somewhat like him. He was a great receiver. So bring it on. I, I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, Charles. Phil yeah. Lindsay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. So How about a green pass. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Division <laughs> so, is 50, guys. Sorry. <laughs> now, that's that's uh yeah, I mean this you guys gonna make me look really kind of like unprepared because I'm just gonna re, you know keep saying everything you guys are saying. I wrote down expect freshman Dylan Edwards will impress and get most of the headlines. Charlie Offered all will be a fan favorite because he is after Mr. Spring practice. I'd like to see one of the remaining backs clearly make a statement that they'll be a factor. Okay, yeah. we've got a seat, we got one in each class. We got senior Dion Smith. Junior Jaylee Stack, sophomore Anthony Hankerson, and Richard freshman Victor Venn. All four of those guys are not going to be on the team come August 1st. So rather than have four adequate backs, I mean, I would love to see, I don't think we're going to see it, but I'd like to see some real separation there and somebody say, yes, definitely, I'm going to be on this team on August 1st. Since we got a lot of ground to cover, let's see, we revert back. We go to Brad first. What would you expect to see out of the wide receivers? And what would you like to see out of the wide receiver core in the spring game? Well, what I expect to see is what I really want to see. I want to see if this horn kid is everything that he looks to be. You know, we knew coming in that he had some skills and that he was going to be in the mix. Everything that comes out of spring practice says that he's just the guy. And so I expect to see, I can't wait to see him run against our, or play against our cornerbacks. I can't wait to see how they're going to use him. And again, how they're going to get the ball to him, preferably more than eight yards down the field. <laughs> um, I expect to see Travis Hunter catching passes. I'm not sure I want to see that, but 
You know, he wants to be a two-way player. He, you have to keep happy. So what I want to see is, again, how does Sanders have what has been described as excellent chemistry with those two guys, how it looks. I want to see that they're more than just, I can beat you down the field, guys. I want to make sure that they can run patterns, which I don't think Deion Sanders is going to let somebody on his team who can't run a pattern because Deion Sanders made a living off guys who couldn't. <laughs> if you if you if you did not play your pattern right, Deion Sanders went, oh, this is six for me. And so I suspect that's how it's going there. So I'm looking to how see how crisp they are on the patterns, on understanding it. So that's that's what I'm hoping for out of the wide receiver core. Okay. Neil, anything you uh would expect to see and or would like to see out of your receivers? That's a pretty deep core. So many coaches over the last few years in those confidential interviews that are published by ESPN and CBS and others always said, CU has no speed. So I both want mm. to see speed and see speed, just raw speed. Someone that can run a nine pattern and be five yards behind the DB. Seen that in those uh, scrimmage uh, tapes that uh, are playing now on CU at the game. Um, also have seen from those same clips, guys running nice, crisp turn-in patterns, nice dig routes across the middle. Seems like some of the guys, and it's hard to know who's who, uh, but number five and number 12 were, were doing well with sharp cuts. They had nice hands, very acrobatic catches. I expect to see that. What I would like to see is where some of the guys from last year might fit in, like MLC. And I couldn't tell where he was from that scrimmage tape, but I expect that he's going to have to put up a fight because we've got more receivers coming in through the portal this summer. So I like the kid. I think he's got a lot of guts, but I, I want to see him do well. Okay. Well, once again, you guys making me look uh, ill-prepared. I put down, expect to see Jimmy Horn. He's your number five in your program. And Travis Hunter, number 12, to make big plays, especially since neither one of them is going up against Travis Hunter or Cormorning McLean on the other side. What I'd like to see is kind of what you were just talking about, Neil. I'd like to see Montana Lamonius Craig have a really good game. Mm. There are five, count them five, class of 23 recruits coming in wide receiver wise, including two, two of the top four recruits are wide receivers. We haven't seen them yet. That's Adam Hopkins and Omari and Miller that won't be here until June. So this is the chance for the remnants of what's from the 22 roster to have a chance to do something and show that they belong and show that they're not going to be cut from the team come in the spring or early summer. So I'm hoping that the uh, wide receivers, other than Jimmy Horn and Travis Hunter, who is going to be on the other side of the ball come fall, at least a good portion of the time, that they can show that we've got somebody other than Jimmy Horn to throw the ball to. And I expect that's going to be the case. But you don't want to count on true freshmen to be your leading wide receivers. But that's very well might be the case. Okay. Tight ends. Neil? <laughs> Do you remember the tight end? Should I get out an almanac or a little video board that we can show you what a tight end looks like? Is there anything that you're expecting uh, or would like to see from the Colorado tight end roster? So I, I looked it up on Wikipedia, what a tight end was. <laughs> and it didn't have a picture of the CU buff. It would be nice to have someone over the middle that knows how to run patterns against the zone, get free. Uh, get first downs, all of that sort of thing. Be able to block the edge on plays. Don't know if we have that guy. Um, I think the closest thing we have to it is, and forgive me, local kid played some tight end last year, 6'5", 250. Well, you got your pick. You got four sophomores coming back, Caleb Fourier, Eric Olson, Austin Smith, and Louis Passarello. I'm going to go with Eric Olson. I think he he has the tight end body. I've watched him uh, blocking 
on running plays. He seems like he likes to do it. He can do it well. My only concern about him is his catching ability at this point. He had a couple of drops. I hope he works on that because this is where I get confused is that uh, it's been said by the coaching staff that they want a three down tight end. I don't know that Olsen is that guy on third down and more than three, but Treori weighs 210 pounds. So I don't, not sure he's a first or second down in line wide tight end. So um, I'm confused there, but I think there's room for both guys in the offense. It's just going to have to be some situational stuff. Okay. Brad, you expect to see something other than a tight end that runs a six yard pattern on third and seven. I, <laughs> I, yeah, which has been our classic and that, and that happens on one third down out of 14. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really want to see what Troy looks like. I want to see what it looks like when he steps up in class. Um, clearly at the last level, he was a strong receiving tight end and it would be nice to have a guy who can run seven and a half on third and seven. And so I want to see how he looks. I want to see how he looks across the middle. I want to see him get challenged. And then what I hope for, I agree with Neil, somebody's got to step up and do something. I agree. I think Eric Olson's probably the most likely one as an old CU fan. I would love for Fourier to step up. We haven't heard a lot about him and he didn't do a lot last year. So um, I think we're going to see a good bite of Torreori, Um, but I would love to see, Again, who's going to be the other guy? Yeah, and that's that's what I had written down. It's kind of a theme for me. I mean, it's obviously probably for the spring is that we need to find the, the starting 22. And we know there's going to be a couple, perhaps a couple of dozen players hitting the transfer portal. And the best thing you know we can hope for for everybody's concern is that these players separate themselves. And that makes it real easy for the coaches to decide who they want to keep and who's not going to make the cut. And with Traore coming in from Arkansas State being a likely starter, that means the other four returning sophomores, there's going to be some culling in that room. So let's hope that somebody decides to have a, a breakout spring. Obviously, we don't know what's going on in 15 spring practices, but at least at the spring game, it'd be nice to see if somebody has obviously turned the coaches' heads and is getting a lot of the playing time and is an obvious choice to keep on the roster. Well, I'm going to keep the offensive line away from Neil for a few minutes and let Brad go first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we've been really kind of optimistic as we've been running through the skill positions, so maybe we'll throw a little cold water on things here, Brad. Uh, what do you expect out of the offensive line in the spring game? And what would you like to see from CU's offensive line in the spring game? Sadly, what I expect to see is a lot of different guys. I expect, you know, I, I assume there's going to be some Jersey numbers when we get to spring game, but I think we're going to see a lot of different combinations. I think we're going to see a lot of different movement. I truly think that they are still trying to figure out who their starting five are. Um, and I think we're going to see a big rotation about across that. I think that's what we're going to live with. I mean, like I'm coming up with some, I mean, Sanders has said, these are not the guys we're starting the season with. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking into my crystal ball here. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of different combinations, particularly in the internal three trying to see who can do what to whom what do I what would I like to see five guys trot out there and take 55 percent of the snaps that unless they've been lying to us or the next few practices change otherwise that's that that seems to not be a hope I mean we got you know a guy coming in from Kent State next year yeah. uh, because we got concerns so you know, I'd like to see some consistency. I'd like to see that they know what the blocking patterns look like. That's more a hope than anything else. Okay, Neil, up to you. What do you expect? Do you expect to see, well, you can't see the uh, the Kent State starting offensive line because Jack Bailey won't be here, but Savion Washington, the tackle, is here and likely to be a starter. What would you be looking for? What would you like to see? You've got to have two offensive lines out there, so you're going to have a lot of bodies 
given the opportunity to play. So what are you expecting out of the offensive line? What would you hope to see out of the offensive line as you're watching the spring game? I think Brad's right. A lot of shuffling, a lot of guys getting chances, different combinations, uh, different permutations of, of lines. I think with the new guy coming in from Kent State for the summer, they're going to put him next to his Kent State buddy, and that'll solidify one side of the line because they know the system and they know each other. So that leaves center and the other side of the, of the, the line to try to put together. Uh, I'm, I would like to, excuse me, I expect to see a little confusion, some, how, I, how should I say, um, a little bit of hesitation from players because they're not sure about this new system. They're having to learn new steps, new hand placement, new body position. So they're all going to be just trying to do things technically correct, and they're not going to be playing fast at this point. And I think you'll probably see some missed assignments, lack of coordination on combination blocks and double teams. Uh, Let's see. What I'd like to see is when they trot those guys out on the field, that this looks like not an average power five line, but actually something above average in terms of size, physicality, and, and so on. And that's what I would really like to see. I'm not sure that we're there yet. Uh, again, plugging you the video portion of the website. The O-line coach was on again this week, and I thought he actually said some positive things, but mm -hmm. he's not expecting this to be a very good show for the O-line. And he did have praise for certain people, but um, Stuart, I think you're right. Brad, I think you're right that we're going to see at least three, maybe four new starters on this O-line. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the offensive line coach, Bill O'Boyle. And yeah, he's once again, he said, we got a lot of work to do. And he reiterated that he was kind of surprised that the team that he inherited or the players he inherited weren't very strong. You know, strength and conditioning was not the, was a different type of strength and conditioning coach than what he was used to. And, and like you, you mentioned, Neil, he talked about the fact, you know, we both mentioned that, you know, they're, they're overthinking it. They're not react. They're just, they're, they haven't learned the system yet. And so what I expect what I wrote down is fans to be disappointed in some of the line play. Mm -hmm. I think that's inevitable when you're going to have two offensive lines, you can have 10 guys out there, not just hopefully the starting five. And, you know, if you're getting down to the ninth and 10th guy in the offensive line, even for good teams, you're not going to necessarily have quality there. So you're going to have some disappointing line play. What I wrote down for what I'd like to see is to be pleasantly surprised that see you as too deep in quality offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are going to have eight, or I think maybe we're up now we're up to nine offensive linemen that started last year for yeah. different teams, including our team and Kent State and everything like that. So these players have played and played um, as starters. So there's some talent there that gets them onto the field, but there's a lot of work to be done to get them to gel into a, a coherent unit. And I think certainly on the offensive side of the ball, that that's the, uh, the unit that's going to be the, the most cringeworthy at the spring game. So we'll just cross our fingers and hope to be ple pleasantly surprised. One thing, I think we've all figured out that absent rolling out the old Washington Redskin hogs, Bill O'Boyle is not somebody who's going to drip anybody with praise. Does <laughs> not appear. So I, you know, I, I appreciate that he's being honest with us. But I suspect that it's going to take a heck of a lot for him to say that out loud. I think that's how he runs his room. I'm fine with that. It's worked out well for a lot of people over time. So, again, I think he's being honest with us. But, again, he, but he's not somebody who's going to come out and talk about how great anybody did. Yeah. Well, one thing working in the offensive line favor, Neil, is the lack of depth and talent on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. So along the defensive line, now we're switching to the other side of the ball. What uh, would you expect from the defensive line in the spring game? And maybe what you're hoping to see out of the defensive line in the spring game? 
well, the the new guy from the Ivy League, Shane um, Cox, the first oh, yeah. defensive player to get his number. So people look for number ninety nine at the spring game because we at least know who Shane Cox's number is going to be. He's going to be number ninety nine. And it won't be Jalen Sammy, but that is a nice segue. I expect to see him fighting for his his scholarship in the game. I think he probably has as much of a chance of any of the current roster people from last year to have an impact on the line. And I would like to see him have a good game. I would like to see him um, wherever they put him. I assume he's going to be playing nose again, but we don't know exactly what sort of defense we're going to run. I would expect him to try to assert himself. And he's also in the light column. I would like to see him play well. The rest of those guys, boy, oh boy, I just don't have any idea how that defensive line that was so bad last year, it's just so hard to tell with all the new guys in here whether they've actually improved things much. It's going to take a while for that to to be demonstrated to me. Okay. Well, Brad, at least on paper, you have two senior returning starters and Jalen Sami and Naeem Rodman. And yet uh, we seem to be doom and gloom when it comes to the defensive line. How are you expecting things to play out? And what are you looking for or hope to see from the defensive line in the spring game? Well, the first thing I'm looking for is how many of them are going to be out there. Are we a 4-3? Are we a 3-4? Are we a 5-2? I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, how many are we going to have with their hands in the dirt? How many are we going to rushing from the side? We know less about how this this defense is going to be structured than almost anything else. Suspect that the coaches don't rightly know right now either. I like Rodman. I think he does try hard. He is not as athletic as, at least last year, was not as athletic as we needed him to be. So I expect to see everything that Neil said. I expect, I don't know how much officiating there's going to be, but I think there's going to be a lot of offsides and a lot of, false starts on those lines. And I, I expect to see both defensive line and offensive line coaches to be frustrated by that. But I think we just, I, I expect to see a lot of people being uh, trying out and seeing what they can do. And I expect to see the coaches trying to figure out what kind of offense fits their personnel rather than vice versa. Yeah. Could I add one thing on, on the D line? It's going to be hard to really know how good or bad the returning guys from last year are because the defensive scheme last year seemed to be concentrating on you have a gap as a defensive lineman, you hold that gap and you don't worry about anything else. You catch the offensive lineman and you work him, but stay in your gap. That changed a little bit after the DC was fired last year, but it would be nice to see a more aggressive defensive line. One that's just not as passive as we seem to be last year. And yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if we have the guys that can play that aggressive style, if in fact that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, and we don't know if last year the style was sit back because that was the coaching style or that was the talent that we had. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah. again, yeah, th this is, these are guys, have, they may be senior starters or senior returning seniors, but they are, we have no idea how can they, how they can play in a system we have yet to see. Yeah. Well, I wrote down, I expect to see some success against the run, partially because the offensive line is going to be broken up and partially because there's so many running backs that are going to be playing that you're not going to always have the best running backs and the best offensive linemen. So I actually expect the defensive of the line to have some success against the run, but not against the pass. Between the quick passes that they want to run in this offense and Shadur Sanders making good decisions, I don't think they're going to spend a whole lot of time touching the red jersey for a sack. Now, Brad, we know the linebackers, I mean, I, I'm old school. I mean, I when I break things down, I still have defensive line linebackers, and I understand that we've got edge guys and stuff like that. So I'm going to put in the linebackers and the edge guys together. Much to expect out of those guys, or you hoping to see something out of that group because we've got a whole lot of transfers in here. Yeah, I, I don't know why exactly, but I am kind of uh, particularly in the middle. You know, I know we lost our two best, probably our two best defensive players. Well, certainly our two best front seven players um, from last year who were, uh, you know, playing linebacker. 
but I think there, I think there's some talent there. I think there's some hope there that that's going to get better. Again, I'd like to see how many of them are going to be on a field at once. I'm suspecting that this is not going to be a fixed uh, defense. I think we're going to see some four or three. I think we're going to see some three, four. I think we're going to see guys coming from a lot of different positions. I suspect that they're going to try to find the best 11 people. Um, and so somebody like Trevor Woods may be playing within two feet, within two yards of the line, playing essentially linebacker. So I think we should get used to the fact that linebacker is a location on the field on a particular play and not necessarily a position. So I expect to see a lot of different stuff coming at quarterbacks. And I kind of like that style of defense. So I'll be interested to see how it works. Okay. Well, Neil, early on anyway, the numbers have been given out. A couple of them have gone to linebackers. Vonta Bentley, the transfer, he's going to be number 20. Again, hard to figure out linebackers are number 20. And Isaac Hurtado coming back is number 29. So those were a couple of the early players to earn their numbers. So is there more hope for the linebacker core than maybe what we thought? I think one of the wraps um, on our defense last year from the inside linebacker position was lack of speed. No sideline, no sideline stop. And I think what these transfers have done has upgraded the speed. So I would both expect to see more speed from the inside pair, if indeed that, like Brad says, who knows how we're gonna line up, but two of those guys are gonna be inside linebacker types. And I hope the two that you mentioned are probably gonna be the ones playing in there. Now, I'm confused too, because we have inside linebackers, outside linebackers and edge players. And the edge guy is like a defensive, stand-up defensive end on the side, but he has a linebacker body. I, I don't know what, what to say about that, except we need speed. And I sure hope we got it. Because the size, if you're around 225 to 235, you can play linebacker at the power five level the way the game is now. So let's just hope we have some speed there. Okay. Well... Neil, I'll come back to you and we can do the defensive backs. These, these are positions that I can identify, you know, by <laughs> in the 72nd row. I mean, you've got cornerbacks, you got safeties. So one of our top cornerbacks is playing wide receiver. And the other top cornerback is getting ready for prom. So what are you looking for? What do you expect to see out of the cornerbacks and what would you like to see out of the cornerbacks as Travis Hunter's running patterns instead of covering them? Well, uh, again, focusing on speed, I would hope to see that those guys, the corners to be the Greyhound types, you know, six feet, 170, long arms, uh, good hips, all of that sort of thing, athletic, speedy guys who can be taught how to cover. I think we have some of those guys in camp, discounting uh, the two that you mentioned. Um, I think there's probably a little more depth this year. It looks like that we're gonna have what we thought initially was a weak safety, excuse me, the safety group that was going to be kind of weak. Trevor Woods got his uh, number. That's a good sign. He may be playing close to the line, sort of like a buff back that we've had in the past. I think Brad's right about that. But it seems like we're gonna have some safeties because the other guy that got his number is a transfer again. I'm sorry. Cameron Silman Craig. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was interviewed. He seems to have a body a little bit light to play safety, but he's a leader. We've really needed that. And I hope that those safeties demonstrate the ability for run support as well as being able to cover. And that's the only reservation I have about Trevor Woods, but otherwise, it looks like they're going to plug him in somewhere on that defense. And I'm going to be anxious to see where they put him. Okay. Well, Brad, as Deion Sanders tries to make Colorado into DBU, what are you looking for without Travis Hunter and Tomarney McLean, the, the headliners, presumably the starters, uh, come September 2nd? What are you looking for out of the, the quarterbacks that will be suiting up in the spring game? Well, I'm hoping Nico Reed continues to improve. I thought he played better towards the end of last year. I 
think I want him to understand that there's a position for him here. Because again, I think we're going to be playing nickel and dime packages a lot. I'd love to see Nico. I, I mean, if I look up and I see Nico Reed running with Jimmy Horn, I'm going to be fine with that. <laughs> okay. I'd like, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see how that works because I think he's going to play a lot, you know, and then we need, again, since I think we're going to be playing dime, somebody else has got to play there. And I just let me have just a couple plays with Travis Hunter at cornerback. I just want to see how those hips move. I want to see how he looks. I want to see how he figures out that stuff. Everybody says he's that good. I want to see it. I suspect it's there. But yeah. And, and then again, this is another one. We've got what five fresh or five sophomores and more and freshmen coming in. That that room is going to get a lot smaller. I don't even think it's going to take till August. Um, I think there's going to be some guys transferring out of there come June. And so we need to see who that's going to be. We've recruited a lot of those guys. We didn't get to see last year how they were going to be. So now we need to figure it out. Yeah. Well, and Kayshawn Mills was the first casualty of the spring entering the transfer portal. He was a three-star cornerback from last year's class and redshirted last year. So he never actually took the field as a, as a buff. Uh, just to echo what you guys are talking about, I think I'm excited to see what Nico Reed can do against Jimmy Horn, against Travis Hunter. Maybe to see what Travis Hunter can do against Jimmy Horn. I mean, if he's <laughs> going to be playing both ways, and that's the idea that he can roll out of bed and play defensive back, and he can play both ways during a game, why not show the nation that he can play both ways during the game? So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's going to get to play defensive back in the spring game. Uh, another name I'm going to be looking for is Nigel Bethel who is a starter at the end of last season. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about, again, maybe we have the two corners, but if we're going to the fourth, fifth defensive back, maybe sixth defensive back, you got to have those guys that, I mean, we, that Nico Reed and Nigel Bethel would have been our starters yeah. at TCU had it not been for Coach Prime. I mean, obviously the new coach, Bronco Mendenhall, would have brought in some other cornerbacks, but nothing of the <laughs> – quality of what we're getting so um, these were going to be they were power five starting quarterbacks last year and I'm hoping that they're going to show that they're still power five cornerbacks going into the spring game yeah I'm really excited about the safeties because like you guys were just talking about that we seem to have gone from a liability to a strength on the back side of the defense um, you guys both talked about Trevor Woods number 43 in case you're wondering, since he's got his number, and Cameron Silman Craig, the transfer is number seven. Those guys, at least we have numbers for already. And haven't even mentioned Miles Slusher, who's the guy that I think is going to be a um, really good player as a transfer that uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. So we're going to have some quality wide receivers going up against some quality defensive backs. So it should be an interesting spring game. Yeah. Uh, just Briefly, yeah, if you Michael guys want Bethel to got beat a lot late last year, understanding the fact that quarterbacks by the end of last year could stand back there and, and count the number of people in the seats before we ever got pressure to them. And to the extent that anybody was throwing away from our quarterbacks, they were throwing away from Nico Reed. Correct. So Nigel got his snaps um, and, and got his, got his opportunities. So I think that's a good point. He may have, he may well have a role in this team. Okay. Well, the kicking game, we don't think much about it during the spring, but it's completely overhauled that we actually have a competition between Chase Feely, the Arizona State transfer, and Alejandro Mata, the Jackson State transfer, competing to be the kicker. And then you've got Mark Vassett, the Louisville transfer, coming in to replace Ashton Logan, who defected to the transfer portal. Not usually a whole lot going on in the spring game and the kicking game, other than maybe trying a 55-yard field goal before half or at the end of the game or just for fun. Uh, are you interested in something about the kicking game, either one of you, as far as what might be looking for, what you might expect, or what you're hoping to see? Well, I I think a competition at kicker is kind of cool, and I you know I want to see not just field goals. And how they can do there, but I'd also like to see um, some kickoffs because I don't think that was our strength last year either. Um, so uh, 
yeah, alternating kickers who both, I think both of those guys have a chance to win the job. I, again, it will not be the number one, two, three, or five thing we're looking for, but when they trot out there, I'll at least pay attention. <laughs> Neil, are you uh, going to be going off to get some uh, beverages at the Champion Center or something during the kicking portion of the, the spring game, or are you going to be paying close attention? No, I'm actually I'm actually very interested in that because both of those guys are scholarship players, right? Feely and Mata. Yes. I understand it. So it may shake out. I think Feely has the stronger leg. He's claiming um, he can hit from 65. Mata says 55 on a good day. So it may be Feely gets kickoffs and backs up Mata for the place kicking. And then maybe Feely gets to attempt the 60 yarder in desperation time. The punting, boy, it was awful. Oh. You know, the second half of last year, it was just plain awful. So this kid, hopefully, can't help but be an improvement on that. <laughs> I put down, expect a decent show. Would like to see a 50-yard punt and a 50-yard field goal. And on to the summer. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> know that they're capable of doing it, and then we'll let things sort themselves out in August. So... Obviously, with the spring game and having enough scholarship players to actually field two teams, which has been a problem for the University of Colorado in the past, where we've been watching drills and basically seven-on-seven seven kind of football, what are you thinking about? I mean, you got to entertain. you got a national television audience. Coach Prime is, if nothing else, keenly aware of showmanship. Um, Ralphie's going to be there. The band's going to be there. The student section's going to be there. It's hopefully, you know, the weather is cooperating. What would you really expect out of this game overall? And what would you like to see out of the game overall? I expect more of a scrimmage than a drill. That being limited by the fact that currently we have essentially one quarterback if they become confident enough that another, that one of the backups can play consistently i think we're going to see some real plays some real moments of here we go everybody line up this is the way they've talked all spring practice they have not talked about let's drill and get our skills better they have talked about who's playing every down who's playing every minute Who's pushing to the whistle and a little bit past? I don't think you can preach that and then go out and run seven on seven at the spring game. Um, that's not who they have decided to be. So what I expect to see is a higher intensity, more not game-like, but more game enactment than um, we have seen in the past. Because that's that's what they're trying to bring to this team is that, Every time you step on the field, it's got to matter. And yeah. if if the guys they've recruited believe that and the coaches believe that, then I think spring game needs to reflect that. Okay. Well, Neil, how do you balance between entertaining the fans and showing that Colorado has a decent football team versus showing too much to TCU and Nebraska just to, you know, get good ratings on ESPN? Oh, well. A lot of constraints there to take the two elements that you guys outlined the, uh, the show and the football the show part unique opportunity it has to be a full-on game all the trimmings for a game and i don't know how they're going to keep score but they have to make it look as authentic as a game would be as they possibly can the second thing with football i expect a lot of guys are going to be fighting for positions, fighting for scholarships. It could get pretty salty. I think these guys are going to be going after each other, not in a bad way, but they're going to be playing very hard, trying to establish their worth uh, for a scholarship next fall. Now, in terms of not showing too much, I think it would be okay to show um, <laughs> number 12 running down the field 20 yards in the open. I think it would be just fine to show our new running back, the freshman, 
juking and going 40 yards for a score. I think, I think they need to respect CU a little bit and that will fall back in and that will be very entertaining to watch. So I'm looking forward to be looking forward to be a, a real show and for the football to be intense. Yeah. Well, I put that, I mean, I, I would expect that there are going to be points scored that they're going to want the offense, whether it's Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, Dylan Edwards, Jimmy Horn, say do Troyori. I mean, some, there's going to be plays made by the offense. You're not going to get a sports, you know, sports center on Saturday night after the game saying, We've got two interceptions by Trevor Woods. Stay tuned for that story. Um, <laughs> if they're going to do anything on the spring game, it's going to become, it's got to be something spectacular from the offense. And I think Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is going to deliver. I'd like to see, I think overall, and I think that's just kind of the overriding thing, is that we've got a lot of attrition coming, and it's going to start the day after the spring game, the week after the spring game. We're going to see... Like you say, maybe two dozen players leave. And I would like to have the players separate themselves and have the top 85 guys really show that they're the top 85 guys. It's not going to be that clear cut, and it's certainly not going to be dependent all on one scrimmage. But I'd really like to see you know some players really step up and show that uh, they've gotten it. They've gone through the spring practices with Coach Prime, and they're primed to be Power 5 football team this spring and into the fall and take on TCU and Nebraska and CSU and all of the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to have to be it for now. We will reconvene and do a post-mortem after the spring game, and we'll talk about what we thought we saw and what we hope to see and what we end up actually seeing. So enjoy the game, enjoy the sunshine, and we will talk to both of you very soon. Thank you both for listening to the podcast and for being a member of the Buff Nation, which is finally being rewarded for its loyalty. I hope you are subscribing to this podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes. We have partnered with Mile High Sports and are pleased to be part of their podcast network. As always, you can find the See What the Game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all of the episodes can be listened to at the See You at the Game website. I will be back soon with Neil and Brad, and we'll be discussing the spring game and the opening of the Transfer Portal floodgates. Until then, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time when we will again see you at the game.